Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. We are here, episode 16. I cannot believe that we have been recording for 16 weeks already. Today is Monday, December the 2nd. We are looking forward to another episode here in the midst of the holiday season. For whichever holiday you celebrate, we are going to continue to touch on that here and there until the season is over. But this week, we do have an episode that I felt it was important to elaborate on. I made an Instagram video about this. I watched Uncensored with Lamar Odom, and I just still have been thinking a lot about that that topic and what he discussed and some of the points there that stuck with me. So I felt it was very important to elaborate here for our tribe, our Grief Bully tribe out here. I am not solo today. We do have a guest host who has been here Quite a few times, starting to become a regular on the show. Tanya, what's up? Hey, hey, hey. How you feeling today? Feeling good. Thank you so much for joining us today You're in the welcome. studio. I think that we'll have a great episode for some folks. There are some episodes that I feel I could do by myself, but I think that when I feel that someone who brings great value and insight to a subject, and she also happened to watch this episode of Uncensored along with me, so I felt it would be a good you know opportunity for us here to have her opinion. But before we go into this week's episode, let's talk briefly about last week. I think the title was actually pretty funny. It's called Ugg the Holidays, like you're in a holiday fog, you know, kind of a bummed spirit. So if you have not already, I would definitely encourage you and invite you to go back, download that episode. And as always, guys, please share it with someone else in your life. I am begging you. I am not on one knee, but I am definitely begging you to share it because I can only reach a certain amount of people by myself. So I need our tribe out there to step up and make sure that we're getting the content that we believe is doing life-changing work in front of as many folks as possible. So Tanya, are you ready to jump into this subject? Yes, yes, yes. You can say no. No. All right. So we are going to talk about this. So one of the things that Lamar, Lamar Odom, for those who don't know, he actually is a basketball player, former basketball player in the NBA. He also was more famously known for, okay, let me start over because I don't want to say that he was more famously known for his relationship with Khloe Kardashian than he was with his own basketball career because he was Lamar Odom before he was her husband. However, during his life, he's faced a lot of different battles, up and ups and downs, some drug use there. And a lot of it, what I actually got to learn from his, his the show, Uncensored, was about his grief mm-hmm. and the losses that he experienced in his life. And then more notably, what stuck out to me the most was his perception on those and how he chose to navigate or not navigate mm-hmm. from those losses. So one of the losses that he suffered early on, I think from what I saw on the show, was a loss of his mother. Right. And he lost his mom at the age of 12. But at that time, he had already started, you know, doing a little bit with basketball or shortly after he started becoming his basketball, I guess, phenom, right? And so a lot of people around him in his life were really pushing him, you know, towards his career and towards sports. So he leaned on that. But one thing that he said that I really want to talk about today is that he felt like if he was to be grieving, 
he was losing. Mm. And so I wasn't sure if that was more just because of his competitive nature as far as being an athlete. So I looked at my own life, right? I used to play basketball. For those of you who don't know, I am washed up at this point. But you so, were a star. Oh, oh, I was a star. Okay. So I heard. I so, haven't so seen. Yeah, right. In my prime, I had, I, had, I had a little something, something, right? But I am, I am washed up now. So if you know me or if you meet me in person, do not challenge me to one-on-one because <laughs> I will say no. <laughs> I have to keep my record and my, and my slate clean there. But I didn't know if, if he said that because of his competitive nature or because of being a male or because of being a black male or because of his environment and the culture. Like there was so much there that just, again, I always call myself the grief nerd. This grief nerd in me just was like, whoa, I have to know more about that. Now, I don't know Lamar Odom personally yet. So I am not able to pick up a phone and call him and ask him what exactly <laughs> he meant when he said that. So what do you think? I mean, you watched it with me. I have my perspective on it, which I would love to share, you know, with the audience. But I'm just curious about, you know, what you thought there. I think specifically since, you know, as humans, we're not, you know, one dimensional. So I think all the things that you just said kind of went into what that means. Like, you know, culture, you know, his competitive nature, perhaps being a male, you know, being, um, you know, African-American. I think that all kind of intertwines into how we do life and how we um, are here, what we do, what we say, you know, how we perceive things, um, how we deal with things or lack thereof. I think it all kind of is um, jumbled (laughs) together. No, I totally agree. And you said something in there that actually is one of my points here that I really wanted to elaborate and talk about is how we do life is how we do loss. And I cannot Mm -hmm. take credit for that. I actually learned that in my therapy session with my therapist. She talked about that is that generally, and I will not say a hundred percent of the time because I don't have the statistics to back that up, but how we do life is generally how we do loss. So if we are a runner in life, we're probably going to be a runner in loss. If we're someone who just takes stuff head on and goes after it and just starts to dig in, then we'll probably do that in our loss as well. But again, with everyone being different, you know, who knows, but it just really hurt me. It, it hurt me to my core, to be honest with you. When he said that, it just, it, like, everything stopped for me. And I'm just watching this in my room. You know, it's like 10 o'clock at night. We're watching this, and I'm just like, wow, like, that's so sad to me that someone actually would equate grieving with losing. Mm-hmm. So you're already taking a loss of the right. loved one in your life. But now you feel like if you were to sit in this emotion, if you were to sit in this feeling and actually allow yourself to go through this process, that means that you're losing. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, life is still going on. So, you know, being so, um, what's the word? When you're being so famous as he is, you know, he still has, like he was saying in the documentary, he still has like contracts to fulfill. He still has things that he has to do that he signed up when things were okay. And now that things are falling apart, he, he doesn't have that space to fall apart. Otherwise, he'd be losing. Um, and that could be, you know, metaphorically speaking and, you know, reality. Wow, this is why you're on this episode. Oh, gosh. Because I, I wasn't even going to really touch on that. And I think that's very important because I was talking more so about how we do life is how we do loss as our individual decision making, but not as far as like our priorities and obligations and things that, that are mandatory. Mm-hmm. That we that life, we can't, just because we lost someone, we can't slow down life. Mm-hmm. And that has personally in my life made me angry at times right. where it's like, man, everyone else's life is just going and I'm sitting here stuck. 
mm-hmm. if you will. So although I'm physically moving and I'm physically going to work and I'm doing these things, I'm still stuck at, you know, X, Y, and Z and my grief and my journey. Right. But again, we are not famous and celebrities and don't have the same pressures. I'm famous. <laughs> and had the same, you may be here on a grief bully. <laughs> you haven't had the same experiences that he's had. And then again, I'm not saying that, and I talked about this on Instagram, that just because he didn't allow himself to grieve, he became a drug addict or used mm-hmm. drugs. But I will from experience, and I'll take this risk and put myself out there and say that that had to become an unhealthy coping mechanism for him because his loss was not just with his mother when he was 12. He actually also lost a son. Mm-hmm. So he lost a child. I I don't want to quote this because I don't know if it was SIDS. It was, it was something when he was actually still a baby. A baby. Okay. Yes, that happened. So again, don't quote me on that. I don't know exactly. And perhaps I should have done the research, but I really just wanted to touch on his losses and not so much them specifically as it was just the fact that he said he didn't allow himself to grieve because if he was grieving he was losing mm-hmm. and like you said the support in the environment around him again I can't say for sure but if you're a star like you have, you had a basketball games to play mm-hmm. you have things you have to get out here and do so like no one really cares mm-hmm. so then it brought me to the point about society and so if how we do loss and how we do life but how does society do loss the society actually allow us and, and welcome us and grant us access to actually grieve and mourn from my personal experience, I would have to say no. Mm-hmm. How so? Because I, I, I feel like we don't even know how to handle it as far as just people that we know in our lives. So it's like we're walking on eggshells, mm-hmm. not knowing what's going to be a trigger. What do we say? What do we don't say? Let's just not. And then I've talked about this many episodes ago. When you go to a spirituality standpoint of it and more religious backgrounds, organized religion, we're looked at like, hey, you know what? We're going to celebrate their life and we're not going to be so fixated on their death. And this is a celebration of life and they're rejoicing with the Lord. But also in the Bible, it also talks about blessed are those who mourn. So I feel like we, if we took more of that perspective, like blessed are those who mourn, then we would understand that mourning is a part of the process right. and more so advocate for it and push for it. But I just don't, I think now, and it might just be my timeline because of the people that I choose to follow and I'm more intertwined with this grief arena, if you will, mm-hmm. that I do see a lot of positivity when it comes to grief and a lot of advocating pushing, but I don't know if the average person who's not immersed in this field and this is not their passion and purpose for life probably don't see that so I don't know if it's as welcoming do you have a different perspective on that no yeah I agree and you know society as a whole but then if we narrow it down to like our community you know it's it's a different um we have different roles in in the community that we live in so like example for Lamar Odom his mother died when he was young I think his grandmother was it who raised him his grandmother and some other family members but primarily his grandmother right Right. And so his, his his dad wasn't really so much in the picture. So then you have this young boy now having to kind of be the quote unquote man of the household. And, you know, being so talented, he kind of had that weight on his shoulder to, you know, keep moving. He's got to, you know, do this and do that so that he's not, you know, letting the people around him down because everyone's kind of counting on him, too. And I think in the black community, we we had those roles where we got to keep going and keep moving and, you know, not slowing down because we have a lot of people, you know, um, riding on us, I guess is the term. Yeah, no, definitely counting us on us in our backs. And Mm -hmm. I do see that a lot in our community. I don't know what that's like in other communities. That's one thing too, that I wanted to talk about here on the show briefly is 
it's not that we exclude other communities. We are a show that welcomes everyone. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about our firsthand experience, we can only talk about it from the African-American perspective because we are African-American, ding, 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 if you haven't noticed that. So it's not to exclude anyone, but when we do talk about it, a lot of it's going to come from our perspectives, but we are also open to other perspectives as well. I am curious, I really am, and I'm going to dig into that, how it looks in other communities and other experiences mm-hmm. and backgrounds and cultural experiences there you're talking about that and I thought about some part of it is when he said that something that I thought about was what would his life have looked like and what would those moments have looked like if someone said I give you permission mm-hmm. king king I give you permission to cry to fall apart to be upset to feel to be angry to scream to kick to take time off and really explore your emotions, what would that have been like? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I really wish I knew. Right. Right. But so we can't change the trajectory of how Lamar Odom's experience was because that has already happened. Of course, from this point moving forward, he expressed himself on, on national TV, on Uncensored. He also has recently written a book that I'm interested to, I was going to say read, but I'm an audio book junkie, so I'm interested to listen to and get more information on that. But I also thought about that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for, for, I don't want to call us common folk, but for just your everyday people, if what those situations would look like, because I'm telling you, I still haven't experienced someone saying that. And I try my best to say that to people who I come in con- who I encounter and come in contact with that are grieving and, and dealing with loss to say, hey, I'm not going to give you some pep talk. I'm not trying to positively motivate you out of this slump that you're in. I feel you. And mm-hmm. when I say I feel you, I feel you. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly because everyone's experience is different, but I want you to know that it's okay to cry at night. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between empathy and sympathy. And please elaborate on that because I think until I started to educate myself with a lot of actually Brene Brown's books, and mm-hmm. I shout out to Brene Brown, someone who I definitely respect and want to meet in my life as far as her perspectives on vulnerability and life and how we do life, is she talked about empathy and sympathy. And right. I was like, they're not the same thing. Mm. Now I know, but mm-hmm. could you elaborate? Yeah, so exactly what you said, the difference is putting yourself in that person's shoes, really feeling how they may feel, which would be more empathy. Mm -hmm. And then being, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Let me try to change this or let me try to talk you out of feeling this way or, you know, feeling bad for someone, but more so feeling bad for them, not because of maybe what they went through, but trying to change their pain kind of, you know, would be more feeling sympathy for someone. So, um, you know, I'm sorry for your loss would be a sympathetic thing to say. And then, like you just said, I feel you. I understand what you're going through or I have similar, you know, I can connect on you on a deeper level would be more empathy. Thank you. That was dope. I appreciate it. How much (laughs) do we owe you for that? Don't send an invoice. Well, it's already going to be declined. Ah! (laughs) We operate here out of love. We do not have money to help (laughs) with the cause. I'll send you the bill still. Appreciate it. Well, I think that's I think that's a big thing there. I think a lot of us don't understand that we're not operating in empathy, that we're just being sympathetic to people. And sometimes it's half assed. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that I think it just becomes a thing. I'm so sorry for your loss. I send my condolences. I'm praying for you. And I'm not taking shots because I think that some of us might, might mean it. But I also think it's a natural instinct is what we say and what we do. But when you're able to be empathetic to someone, I think you're able to reach them on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. It's my personal opinion because they feel like you're, like you said, not trying to talk it away. 
And I talked about that before as well, becoming an understanding listener. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people, a lot of times, do not want you to talk it away. Don't try to explain to me anything. Like, just sit here and show me that you understand that I'm messed up right now. I'm jammed up right now. All I need is to just not be alone. And if I do need to be alone, I need you to respect it. I need to be alone. So we're, I mean, we're touching on so many topics and I didn't really plan for that to happen, but that's what I love about this, that natural organic flow of conversation and something that I want this show to be because I feel like to an extent I might have strayed a little bit because I'm focused so much on making sure that, you know, we're bringing this in a certain style and fashion and that that it's um, appetizing and great for the ear and what you want to listen to hear. But I always wanted to give the raw. I just want to give the raw content and and conversation that people need to have is that, yo, you're not losing if you're grieving. Mm -hmm. You're actually winning. Mm -hmm. And that grieving is actually just only the inward thoughts and process that you actually have to mourn. That mourning needs to become a process of this journey when you have lost someone and and you are able to do that. And you're a winner by doing that. And I believe that you're stronger by doing that, to be honest, because it's only going to catch up to you. Do you believe that you can outrun grief? No, no. No, I totally think that you, I haven't personally tried to outrun grief. I'm just, because again, I do loss how I do life and I do life head on. I have always just been a person that I think on my feet. I'm a problem solver. I just maneuver, I stick and move. So that's the same way that I've showed up in my grief. So mm-hmm. I don't have that same experience as far as running from things. I pretty much take it head on. I'm sober. I don't drink. I haven't drank in almost 11 years. So I don't have that escape either. So I just have to deal. So I don't right. have that, but some people might try to outrun it. Yeah, or kind of cover it up and like maybe not so much outrun it, but you just you don't really pull, you know, pull the Band-Aid off. You kind of just put another Band-Aid on top of it. And then when you start feeling down again, you just kind of put another Band-Aid over that one. So I personally can say that I have done that in the past with my personal grief. Um, you just kind of try to cover it up so that it's – it's just not showing, you know, and you don't have to um, deal with it. You just kind of. But eventually. Right. That dun, hour will come. Dun, dun, dun. That day will come where it will show up. And you might not even know that that's what's showing up in your relationship, showing up at your workplace, mm-hmm. showing up with your children. Mm-hmm. It could just be the fact that you've never took mm-hmm. the time to allow yourself to grieve and mourn the losses that you've experienced in your journey. Absolutely. I've talked about it before. I also would not encourage you to do that alone mm-hmm. fully, 100%. I definitely always advocate for you to go and get professional help. I have a therapist. You have a therapist. So we are proud of that, and it's something that we think is strong. So, again, when you talk about grieving and it being a loss, I think that the whole process of you trying to actually deal with it and heal, you're a winner. Mm-hmm. And shout out to you for that. So I do want to bounce into our In Love and Memory segment a part of our show if you are not familiar that we love is very very important to us to bring light and love around those that have gone on our angels and show love and in memory of them so this week our in love and memory segment is going to go out to someone that i grew up with someone i went to high school with his name is james hall but we called him worm he was a great guy big smile very loving cool cat and unfortunately he passed away uh, maybe about a year or two maybe two years or so ago i apologize to his family if i don't know the exact amount of time but I want to send love to his family out there. His, I think he has a son, his mother, his sister, his brother. And just, you know, again, to continue to let you know that you are gone but not forgotten, Worm. We will not forget you. And so I wanted to take that time today to do that. Our In Love and Memory segment, if you are interested in submitting a family member or a friend, please do not hesitate to email us at thegriefbully at gmail.com. It will be our pleasure to shout them out and send love to them here. So don't hesitate to do that. 
and you we want to go into our inspirational boost, I will take care of that as well. It is sure. a part of our show that we love here, and I think I love every part of our show. I <laughs> so think they say that. So maybe I'm, so maybe I'm, maybe I'm biased. I'm always super excited, and I love everything, and that's just the truth. It's who I am. Call me corny or whatever, but it's just corny. what I do. I bleed this stuff. I bleed grief. Uh, so this week, this week our inspirational boost is brought to us by Adina J Designs. They may create and inspire us through decorated apparel, wood signs, tumblers. They've got so much going on for the holidays right now. Customized blankets. I think they have this dope sweater right now. It's uh, with Biggie on there. Wonder why Christmas missed us. Mm-hmm. That's dope. That's fire. So go follow them at Adina J Designs. A D E N A J A Y D E S I G N S on Instagram and Facebook, and they would love to take care of you there. I really like this quote, and I do not choose a quote each week, but I did pick this one out myself. So I do want to talk about this here. Grit your teeth and let it hurt. Don't deny it. Don't be overwhelmed by it. It will not last forever. Harold Kushner. I love that quote, and you didn't know what this quote was, so what do you think about it? Read it again? Sure. Grit your teeth and let it hurt. Don't deny it. Don't be overwhelmed by it. It will not last forever. Harold Kushner. I like that. Good job. That's a good good pick. What do you like about it? Um, I think I like the most about it the fact that, you know, you can't you can't get over something without going through it. So it's kind of just like you have to like bite the bullet and take it like you were saying how you are a problem solver, like just, you know, going head in. Is that the term? Head on? Head on, not head in. <laughs> Pause. Whoops. Super pause. <laughs> Pineapples and everything else. All that good stuff out there. And if you don't know what we're talking about, great. I meant to say head on into. <laughs> now I don't even know what I'm talking about. Goodbye. <laughs> so, yes, you have to take your grief, go head on with it, just crash right there into you go. it. You've got to right. get your What teeth. she said. Yeah. Pause again. Um, but so, yeah, you just have to let it hurt. And just, you know, let it happen and not over, not overwhelm yourself, but understand it's a process. It is a journey. It is a marathon. It's something that's going to be with you forever, mm-hmm. but you can overcome it. And I just want to recap today's show. Listen, you're grieving. You're not losing. You mm-hmm. may have taken a loss and absolutely so, but you do not have to lose completely to it. Right. That's the whole point of the grief bully. We are here to bully grief and not allow it to, to bully us and take over us. And we're going to continue to overcome Please, guys, as always, I always ask you to subscribe, share, and review the show. Keep a lookout. Stay tuned for the Grief Bully, a guided journal. It is on its way December the 11th. Today is Monday, December the 2nd, so we are nine days away from it coming out. Please follow me on Instagram. Do a countdown. Keep up with that. I will probably do a countdown of that on my social media. We also have my book release birthday mixer on December the 14th. If you have not already, please try to register for that RSVP. At this point, it actually might not be any room. Sorry, guys. But yeah, about that. Did Uh, I RCP? I don't think so. So (laughs) you might be outside with Tanya, our co-host, hoping to get in. But that is coming up soon. So listen, guys, you already know I am your host, Jay Nicole. Tanya, thank you for being here with us today. You're welcome. Are you going to invite me back? Because I was, you know, saying something. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely will have to let the fans decide that this is definitely a PG show and you kind of took it in a different direction today but as always guys you already know that i am your host jay nicole please follow me on instagram at i underscore am underscore jay nicole you already know as always guys love and light peace